joined by Glenn, Ken, Matt and uh, Ben who is a QPR fan and journalist who uh, will we'll talk about and give us the rundown on QPR for Saturday's game. Uh, first off we're going to start with the game against uh, Reading on Saturday. Uh, once again we came from behind uh, to win uh, 2-1, a 98th minute winner from Matty Godden and I'll start with you Matt, um, your namesake Matty Godden. 98 minute winner. You was at the game. Tell us, tell us what it was like. Oh, how good was it to see Matty Godden back on that that pitch? Um, and what a way! You could see it in his face what it meant to him as well. Um, there was true belief that we were going to win that game. You could just feel it in the stadium. It was ours for the taking. Um, I've spoken to a couple of Reading fans since, obviously living down south, and uh, you know, they said we could have put four or five past them comfortably and they wouldn't have been able to, you know, complain. I think the, where the game changed for me was when Dabo, De Costa came off and, and Dabo went out to right wing and pushed further up the field. That's when we we're at our, our best, like last season, when we've got our two wing backs higher up the pitch. Um, and then the introduction of Jamie Allen, he really made a good impact when he came on, kind of almost forgotten about towards the end of last season, but put in a couple of really good shifts so far this season as well. Um, and then if who else would you want an opportunity like that to fall to in the 98th minute other than Matt yeah. Godden? Just took it yeah. so coolly and calmly, did it so composed, considering that was his first appearance for however many months he's been out. I know he's you know, featured in some under-23 games and whatnot. But, you know, the composure when he's been out out injured for so long, just amazing. What a feeling. Just what, what a day again. Absolutely brilliant. And, uh, Ken, I mean, who would have thought it? Fourth position we are in the league after, OK, four games. Um, I mean, it feels like dreamland, doesn't it? Absolutely. Fantastic. I mean... We've had a fantastic start uh, and we're a bit unlucky really not to lose at Barnsley as well. I was at Barnsley, you know, the week before when we missed the penalty. Um, we dominated that game. They only had one chance when they scored with it. So, you know, overall, I think the, the start for the season has been fantastic. I mean, we're all a bit worried, weren't we, pre-season when the results didn't really go our way. But as you know, you know, pre-season's all about getting fit and, looking at formations and things like that and results don't matter so it's on the pitch that matters when the season kicks off and uh, we've certainly kicked off um, in style Yeah, I mean Glenn um, I mean the thing about these results it just shows the the character and the team spirit of this team Um, it's just second to none and again you almost feel like we're like Manchester United in the old Alex Ferguson days where we're we're winning we're scoring goals you know in added on time it's just it's just brilliant isn't it as a fan yeah, I remember my dad always said to me that as long as you keep it level, you're always going to get a chance in the last five, ten minutes to games. And that's proven to be pretty correct that Godden, I said to dad, he's not really had a chance all game and he had one chance and took it. Yeah. Um, 
I think I think a lot of people said Reading play quite bad. I think as an attacking threat, they weren't very good. But I think you have to give them credit. They defended really well. I mean, they, they threw themselves into some great blocks. And, and you did think they might have just got away with it. But yeah. I think in the end, I think we deserved we deserved the the win on it. It's just we don't want to keep making hard work of it week in week out. But it, definitely the positives. It was I think even the two home games. I think even if we'd drawn both of them, I think people would have gone away and said we've had a good good entertainment. Um, and it definitely looks like we've got the habit that we had at St Andrews where we would nick results late on and get yeah. um, and get points or with victories when we probably maybe in the past we wouldn't have had the belief and the intent to get to go through and Robin's made some cracking substitutions again uh, which is a good sign as that's a bugbear of mine that he doesn't normally make good substitutions and attacking substitutions and he changed the game bringing Jamie Allen on and uh, what, a, what a first touch yeah I mean, I mean we, Matt, we look, I think, sorry go on, go can on, I just yeah. jump in sorry I just want to yeah, tell off, off, off Glenn um, we look like we've acclimatised to the championship now don't we yeah. You know, you know, uh, last season in League, our last season in League One, we went in. Well, I went to every game thinking that we could win every game, and I've kind of got that belief back this season. I know the championship is a pretty extreme uh, division based on you know unpredicted results, but yeah, going into QPR, I know QPR have had a good run so far, um, beating Hull and. They've, yeah, they've had a good run. But I believe we can win. We can go there and get three points. And, yeah, we just look comfortable again. We look like when we were finishing off in League One, just yeah. a couple of chances, we'll, we'll take them. Especially now Godden's back. That's the problem we've had the first three games. We've had a couple of opportunities where Big Vic hit, the, hit the, the woodwork a couple of times. Waghorn hasn't made as much of an impact as I thought he would have had. I know he you know, he needs to get match fit and whatnot. But yeah, now we've got him back in. I mean, he, he, he said in an interview that he'd be fully, uh, fully match fit come the international break. So yeah. happy days. Long that continue. Just as long as we get... All I care about first is championship safety. And then we can build on from there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you there. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Glenn, I mean, competition for places is... It, 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 that's that's what that's the theme of the, with the club now is we seem to have a squad now of, of decent depth now and you know it doesn't matter if we pick up the odd injury or two that we feel like there's players who come in and do and do a job. I think you're on mute, Glenn. Sorry. I'd seen another website um, do a story today and they said since the fourth of April, no team in the championship has won more points than Cov. I think that yeah. just shows you that we've managed to get pretty much the majority of our players fit and options to get, to get those results. And yeah. it's no coincidence that we've got Dabo back, obviously Godden back, Sheaf stepped up, Hamer stepped up, and then we've got the likes of Jamie Allen coming on with a nice little cameo. We've got the option of Jody Jones coming on and a nice, nice little cameo to get us in. Godden come off the bench to to change it uh, for us and it's not just we're relying on the same players everyone's everyone's stepping up to be counted so um and i think as i, as I said in the last week's podcast i think the good thing is we're only going to get better and we're only going to get stronger and yeah we're going to probably get a game where we get trounced but 
I don't have the belief at the moment that we're going to lose five or six on the spin. I think yeah. we'll we'll be competitive in every game we play, um, yeah. and that's what we that's what we want. And the bedrock of any good season is to be good at home, and and we that's where we've we've been consistent pretty much over the last few seasons. We've been pretty solid at home with the odd unexpected blip um, on it, but we've been pretty solid. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think... Yeah, go on, Ken. I was just about to say, it's important to um, to have a good record at home. I think we had a fantastic record at St Andrews. Uh, and we started off back at, uh, well, the Comchi Building Society Arena, as it is now, um, in fantastic form. And if you can build that, you know, and build a, a fortress, if you like, and win your home games, you're halfway there. And, and we're beating teams at the moment, which are going to be in and around, I think, it's all the same level as we are, to be honest. And that's what you've got to do. Um, and, and I think it's important, you know, to have a fantastic home record. And we've had we've had that at St Andrews and it's important to keep that going at yeah. home, especially with, you know, with going back to Coventry and uh, build the fan base up. And obviously the attendances will, will, will rise. If we keep winning, then the attendances are going to get bigger. And talking about making it a fortress... The atmosphere at the the Rico or should I say CBS Arena, it's been rocking this season, hasn't it? I, yeah. I can't remember yeah. apart from obviously pinnacle games at the the Rico. I can't remember the last time it was consistently that good and that loud to league games. And it's great to see the turnout. I think there's the buzz that we're back in the the home city where we belong. Obviously, um, and long may it continue. We need to have a shout out to the drummer. Because that's obviously keeping the fans going throughout the game. But it's just, it's so infectious being at yeah. the stadium. Um, you know, it's great for the younger fans coming through because it's a, it's a wicked day out. Uh, you know, uh, it feels so fucking good to be back at football, singing with fans. It's just, yeah, couldn't have asked for a better start to the season with fans back. Exactly. We've, we've, we've all missed it, haven't we, with the year we've had the last, you know, 18 months, really. We've been without football, and, and I think we all just couldn't wait for the kickoff. And, uh, and it's had a, it's been a dream start for us, really. And uh, long may it continue, you know. Um, so well, that was the, the thing. Fans. Last season, just praying that we stayed in the league so that we could obviously then go and see Championship football again. And I feel a bit sorry for the Wickham fans that have have missed <laughs> yeah. out. But yeah, that's the thing. It's just it just feels so euphorically intense when you're at the ground. It's yeah. just, ah, oh, especially the away games, just awesome. Absolutely. But yeah, shout Absolutely. out to the drummer. We have to make sure that the drummer's there every home game. <laughs> we need to make sure he's sorted out, I, fed. And, I can and certainly hear him, yeah. It, it creates a great atmosphere. Uh, Glenn, you want, to add, you want to add another point? Yeah, it was just obviously just to cover off um, the, the good feel, good vibe. Obviously, Tuesday they had the, the under twenty threes game at the CBS. Um, I think they, they got like five hundred people up there, um, and it's good to see. Obviously, that people got to take the kids up to watch Carver. Obviously, they got to see Godden play, Jody Jones, um, obviously Shipley, etc. Uh, and it's promising to see that we have got underneath the first team. We've got a couple of really good, promising youngsters who. Um, who I'd like to give a shout out to Ryan Howley. Obviously, he's been in the first team picture, but he definitely looks one who is already getting international recognition with Wales. I think at under 19 level, he definitely looks like someone who is someone to watch out for. And 
the other player who I've really been impressed with over pre-season is Blaine Rowe, who kind of yeah. plays right wing back or right sided centre centre back. Um, and he's he'd had a really really good solid game. He gets forward, good good attacking outlet, and he might be one that maybe we look to get yeah. loaned out and get some games under his belt. Um, but yeah, it was it was really good. They play a good style of a football pass it round, and um, it's definitely um, good to see. Um, uh, just a shame that Drysdale picked an injury up. Um, yeah. But besides that, most of them look like they've got definitely potential to step up and, and help us out if if and when we um, need it. Yeah, that's really good. And that was against uh, Colchester, wasn't it, in the under-23s on yeah. Tuesday, you went to? Yeah, it was, to be fair, it was a good game. Colchester played really well, had a few good chances um, on it. Um, Wilson made a made a couple of good stops. Um, I mean, their keeper made a couple of good stops from Matty Godden, um, and and we probably could have won about three or four um, on it. But yeah, it was um, it was good to see. Um, it was a bit of an attacking side. They played Jody Jones left wing back, and then Dinanga came on and played right wing back, which I don't think is his forte. But he's another who definitely looks like he's got some raw pace and um, ball carrying, and likes to take his man on. And he yeah. could be someone in. 18 months time who could definitely be maybe in the first team picture definitely yeah do you think right. do you think um do you think i mean you went to the game do you think glenn this is for glenn do you, do you think godden is ready for to come back into the team on saturday um yeah he had a good game um he got a bit lucky he got fouled by one of the coaches players and ended up a little wild lunge on him which started started a brawl but no he, he looked sharp um he looked very mobile um, I think he'll work well with um, Sheaf and Hamer with the, with the ability to be good on the ball and play passes. Howley put him through a few times. Um, he had a few good chances. He was a bit unlucky. I think it was his header for the second goal that was saved and, and got tapped in on the line. And he had another one where he went through and the keepers made actually a good save. Um, yeah. I, I think he would be. I, I still probably think... Give him another week or two. Give him another week or two. I, I, I think maybe QPR, I, I don't think we'll go to up top. I'd be surprised if we did. I think yeah. we'll look to try and nullify the midfield. But he's definitely someone, he's a finisher. Um, and obviously, while we get Tyler Walker fit, he's definitely an option. It's just a shame that Waggon just seems a bit off it at the yeah, moment. Bit, yeah. Doesn't he just? I think I think Godin's going to be used as an impact sub for the next few weeks. As I said, he said he's going to be fully match fit international weekend so I'd rather see him being used as an impact sub like Robinson did on uh, Saturday against Reading you know and as it's proven so far it doesn't matter if we go 1-0 down because we'll probably win it 2-1 <laughs> let's hope so and uh, our opponents on Sunday uh, Saturday even is QPR and tonight we've been joined by Ben Kosky who is a journalist and a QPR fan uh, ben, welcome to the show. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about, which I think might resonate with the Sky Blue fans, uh, is you're, you're a journalist who recently wrote a, wrote a book, shall I say, about your time reporting on QPR and um, unscrupulous owners. T- t- tell us more. Thank, thanks, Mark. Well, well, firstly, thank, thank you for inviting me on. It's been uh, really uh, interesting just hearing... Uh, so some very good things about uh, Coventry City, which, you know, sounds like uh, things are moving in the right direction, which uh, after the however many years it's it's been is, is very, very good to hear. Um, and uh, yeah, as you say, I, I 
um, wrote a, a book uh, called uh, Are You Rangers in Disguise? Uh, it was about uh, my, my time reporting on, on QPR for uh, local media um, and uh, and how it affected my feelings. I mean, I'm, I'm a lifelong QPR fan, but um, during the period uh, when uh, the club was taken over by Flavio Briatore and Bernie Eccleston, um, I found my feelings really changing quite dramatically. Um, the club uh, basically turned into something it wasn't. Um, there was an awful lot of uh, corporate boasting and showing off and, uh, and and trying to run the club in a way that was that was a chaotic and, and b I think just made uh, football fans in general very um, feel feel very sort of negative towards QPR. Whereas I think for, for many years, th- there'd been a lot of people would say, I have a soft spot for, for the club and, and I quite like going there. And all of a sudden, nobody liked going there because they were charging a fortune for, for tickets. Um, they were behaving in a way that uh, just didn't endear them to, to anyone. Uh, managers, players came and went every few months. Um, and the place was a shambles. And, uh, and and basically, I found it got to a point where I, I just really felt I wanted to to, to walk away for, for a bit. And, and that's exactly what I did. And, and it's very, for me, very pleasing that um, in recent years, I think the club have started to get back on onto the track they should be on, which is being a community club, which is developing young players, um, which is arguably selling players on as well. I mean, fans you know, don't like to sort of say that, but um, it, it is a reality. If you can pick out talent from a, from a lower level and uh, and end up selling them on for, for a profit, that's that's got to be a good a good business model, if you like. And um, as you said, Mark, I, I think my my feelings about that are certainly not unique to QPR. And um, and, and as you all know, Coventry City is, is a club that has. Uh, certainly suffered from um, having unsuitable owners in, in quite a big way. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure there are many other clubs around, uh, around the country that, uh, that, that could tell, tell similar stories. But, um, but enough of the negativity at the moment. I'm, uh, I've got to say, quite, quite positive about where, where QPR are at the moment. I think, I think the point you made about being a community club being the fact that QPR as ground is named after uh, the late um, Kyan Prince is, is, is a great example of that, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, uh, that's the sort of thing that would, would never have happened, uh, say, uh, 10, 12 years ago. Um, and and apart from anything, I mean, Kyan Prince, as for, for those who don't know, was um, very tragically um, a victim of, of knife crime when he was only 15. Um, he was on, on QPR's books, so he was in the youth team. No one knows would he have made it as a top player or not. Um, he, he may have done. Um, but the reality uh, is, had had he um, lived long enough, he wouldn't have been given a chance in QPR's first team because nobody was at, at that time. There was no interest in um in, in bringing through uh, youth, um, none whatsoever. Um, and, and, and that is something that, that has thankfully changed. And, and you might say it's had to change because of the finances that, that the club or the financial situation the club found themselves in with uh, financial fair play and so on. Um, but, but whatever the reason, it's, it's just very, it's very encouraging now that, um, that you see not only the club doing the right things community wise and 
I mean, yeah. another example of that was the uh, the work they did after the Grenfell Tower disaster, which uh, is, is just down the road. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and and also, as I said, bringing through some um, some some products from from the youth setup, which I think all of us as, as, as football fans, we, we like to see that there's a pride, isn't there, in, in when someone's kind of come through the ranks, especially if they're a, a, a local boy. Um, and, uh, and and it's great to see them doing well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think Glenn, Glennon, I think you might have a question or a comment. I just wondered, Ben, how key Mark Warburton joining the club has been in the turnaround of the form of, of QPR, because um, they were kind of just perennial lower, lower to relegation um side weren't they before Warburton came in and he seems to have I think since January you were the form team in the championship weren't you or something I think yeah got the yeah. most points or something like that and we're beating better sides a bigger sides on a regular basis mm. yeah you're, you're absolutely right Glenn I'm, I mean Mark Warburton coming in I think has been a big part of it but but perhaps the key factor in it has been that um, he's been given time um, and uh, and if you look through QPR managers of the last ooh, 15 years, I think you, you won't find anyone who's uh, who's even got into a third season. Um, and Mark Warburton, I think, is the first to do that in, in that time. Um, and it may seem a surprise now, but uh, round about Christmas last year, um, there were an awful lot of fans calling for his head. Um, team, as, as you say, was doing what they have tended to do and, or had tended to do in recent years and struggling near the bottom of the table. And, uh, and a lot of people wanted Mark Warburton fired. And um, and, and the board, I, I think, again, a, a sign of how things have changed, um, got behind him um, and allowed him to, to, to make some, some very shrewd loan signings in January, which all of which have, have now become permanent signings. And um, uh, and the other key, I think, was was that he changed the system on on the field and um, and went to wing backs and uh, and that has worked absolutely lot, lot, uh, to to perfection. So, but uh, but I think you, you're right. I mean, you look at his his records at, at this level and and he obviously uh, did uh, did an excellent job at Brentford um, a, a few years back and arguably started off their kind of rise to where they are now. Um, so. Yeah, it's it, it's certainly been been key, and I think the big factor has just been giving him time to to, to sort of uh, see, hopefully, see see the job through. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, Ben. Yeah. Can I just say, can I just ask a question to Ben? Um, of course. What what the who are the players that we have to look out for on Saturday that have impressed you so far in QPR mm. this year? Yeah, I mean that there would be a few who'd stand out. Um, I mean, an obvious one would be Rob Dickey, uh, who who was signed from Oxford just over a year ago, and and, it, and is a good example of a player who's who's just really uh, come on, ad- adapted to Championship level, and and now just looks very impressive. Um, he's a good defender. I mean, in, in terms of he, he does what you'd expect defenders to do. Uh, in terms of heading the ball away, getting the tackles in, um, but he's also very, very strong on the ball, um, and and that's one of the reasons why. Sorry, he's, he's screamer against screaming. Oxford in the week. He uh, absolutely very well did. Hit. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is uh, that's not the first 
he's, he's done this season. I mean, he, he scored one. How many goals has he scored so far this season? Hasn't he scored three or four? Yeah, I'm just trying to think if it is three or four, and uh, I think it is four in all in all competitions. So, um, and uh, and and they've been good goals as as well. Um, so he is he is certainly a key man. Um, I think the other two I would pick out because I'm I'm sure you don't want me to go through the whole eleven. Um, but uh, the other two I would pick out would be Stephanie Johansson in midfield, who uh, came in from Fulham on loan initially, made a big impact just in terms of the way he organises in midfield. He, he just has a great eye for a pass. He, he reads the game basically uh, very well. Um, and the third I would pick out is is Chris Willock, who, um, again, has, has been a player who came in and I think initially perhaps was a slow starter. Um you know, they were trying to find his what's his best role in the team and he was stuck out wide and not really looking that great. And, and this year, I mean, to be fair, second half of last year as well, he, he's just, I think, grown in confidence. He, he looks like he can unlock defences, create goals and score goals. And, um, you know, I, I would say those are the three that, that, that um, Mark Robbins will, will need to be concerned about come Saturday. <laughs> I'm sure all Cobb fans are interested to see uh, whether you think Sam McCallum will start as left back because he featured against Oxford in the week, didn't he? Isn't your yeah. number one choice normally? Isn't he injured? Well, yeah, he's. Um, I mean, he's he's had uh, fitness issues at the start of the season, so he's uh, that that was his first uh, first run out. Um, I would think he will probably start um, because uh, Lee Wallace, who's, who's been the first choice there, is is out, I believe, in, injured for a little while. Um, I mean, from what I saw of McCallum, I, th- I think it's it's you know it's too early to judge. I, I'm aware he's got a very high reputation with um, with, with with Coventry fans um, and heard good things about him. And and I think yeah, he played an hour against Oxford and and. You know, if I was marking it out of 10, I'd say it's a six and a half out of 10. Didn't really do anything outstanding, didn't do anything wrong. So early to say, but yeah, I I, I would imagine we will see him uh, start and um, yeah, and hopefully, uh, hopefully put in a definitely fancy against his old side. <laughs> I definitely fancy seeing Dabo and McCallum dueling on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, that would be, that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, no disrespect to McCallum. Obviously, as as Ben said, highly rated by Cough fans. But I definitely fancy Dabo against McCallum all day long. Yeah, I I, I think personally that I don't think McCallum's going to start though. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Ben. I don't think he's made an appearance in, in the Championship this season. Is that right? Well, that 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 is right, Mark. But um, unfortunately. Uh, um, because of uh, Lee Wallace's injury, um, oh, I mean, if you, if you take the what they did against Barnsley last weekend, uh, they started with uh, with with sort of both wing backs were players out of position, and, uh, and frankly, it was a bit of a disaster for the first half hour, and, and Barnsley yeah. absolutely overran them, and uh, and then they changed it around, and and, and obviously got back to to, to get uh, get a, a draw. I mean that that's one thing you've got to say about Saturday's game is is don't leave early whatever you're doing I mean two, two side you know Charlie Austin scored uh, in in the last minute to equalize and and as you, you've all uh, 
discussed, as we all know, uh, Coventry seemed to like a, a 95th, 96th, 97th minute winner. So, um, yeah, don't don't leave early. That's what I would say. Yeah, I think I think Robbins is like learning off uh, Alex Ferguson winning in Fergie time or Robbins time, as we call it now. Um, I just want to bring Glenn in. I think he wants to say something. I just Ben, I just wondered how George Thomas has been doing for you guys. Um, he's kind of had a bit of a decent reputation at Carve, obviously for that goal at in the Checker Trade Trophy final, but he's kind of not really done anything at um, Leicester of of now. Um, and then obviously he's been he's been with you guys and kind of not really established himself from what I've seen in the the first team. Yeah, that, that's a fair assessment, Glenn. I mean, I, I do feel a little bit sorry for George Thomas because when he came into the, into QPR, the system that Mark Warburton was playing at that time, you, you looked at it and you felt, well, there's there's sort of probably three positions in the side that he could fill. And the changing system uh, going to wing backs has, has meant very limited opportunities for him. Um, and, and he started against Barnsley last week at wing back um and to be perfectly honest didn't uh, didn't really look uh, on on the ball um and, and was subbed off uh, quite early on so um i i would be surprised if he starts on saturday um and and i think you know in, in fairness to him it is hard to see where he gets into the QPR side at the moment because uh, you have or we have uh, people like Chris Willock and uh, Ilias Chair, who are, are operating in that sort of role between midfield and attack and doing very well. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's it, it's hard to see a, a pathway for, for, for Thomas at the moment. But um, but I think as as an option, as, as an option on the bench, um, he, he is probably pr- pr- probably worth having around. But I'm, I'm sure, yeah, he, he's probably not progressed and featured as much as he would have hoped or, or, or expected, I think. OK, so now you've heard, heard the QPR perspective. So now let's, um, Matt, Ken and uh, Glenn, um, you're Mark Robbins. Um, what team would you potentially put out for this game on Saturday? Uh, we'll start with you, Matt. All right, Mark. Um, good question. Um, does anyone know the update on Rose and Jake Clark Salter's injuries that put them out against Reading? No, but I, be- I believe they could be available this weekend. That's so all I understand. Well, well I, yeah, that's that's just promising, isn't it, Ken? Because um, yeah, I, you know, I'm not getting on his back. Um, he does occasionally put in a good shift for us, but the Costa really makes me nervous when he plays. Sometimes. Yeah. He, yeah, honestly, he hasn't like, so impressively, has he? He's no, not. he hasn't. He was questionable last season. He came on to feature against Blackpool for like three mm. minutes and lost his man. Um, yeah. So, for me, I'd like to see Dabo, right wing, um, Ian Matson, left wing, McFadzine and Rose and Heim in the middle. Yeah. I, you know, it's probably... I, I, as much as I'd like Godden to start, I think, you know, you need to protect him. You need to wean him back. He's going to be sub. Um, as much as... I think I think kind of start as a similar way that we did against Reading, but replace 
Dabo with De Costa, and then obviously mm. bring Rose back into the team because he he was solid when he played. Was it was it Barnsley that he was playing playing? I think. Yes. Um, he, he was solid considering he's obviously had injury issues over the last year or two. Um, and then obviously Big Vic up top. What? How? He's come on leaps and bounds since last season. I was a big fan of his last season, mm. but he's really grown over the, over the summer, hasn't he? I mean, yeah, absolutely. He, he, he works his socks off as well, doesn't he? He's worked his socks off. Yes, it's, yeah. And that's what we love to see the passion. Yeah. And that's what I think Mark Robbins has done wonders at the club because he's just instilled this team spirit you know you can tell the players love one another that that the, the player and fan connection at the moment is you know like an all-time high um but yeah big Vic up top just a big fan of that now whether we play Waghorn supporting him or big Vic by himself I don't yeah. really mind or care too much I'm not you know Waghorn does put in a shift he does work his socks off but he hasn't really created much. He hasn't. There's a mm. couple of times against Reading where he was kind of going into Big Vic's, Vic's space or area. And it's kind of like, yeah. well, you need to let Big Vic be the main man. You need to support and feed him. And that's where, obviously, the Godden and Big Vic combo. Yeah. It's almost like the old days of a Dion and a Huckabee, isn't it? You've got the big, yeah. powerful guy and then the really quick one who's sick of finishing. <laughs> but they're both good at finishing. I mean, Absolutely. I'm not saying they're on the same level, but no. that combo of the big man and the... But, but this is the thing, as well as being a big, powerful guy, he's got some legs on him. And as you were saying, Ken, the, the determination and the grit that he has, I just love watching him play. Yeah, and, and um, that, wins, that wins the fans over. I know we, we were all disappointed yeah. him when he missed that penalty at Barnsley, but I think we all forgive him. The, the, the last match following the following match, we all forgive him. Forget about that. Hundred percent. He didn't feel sorry for himself. Uh, and at the end of the day, fair play for him stepping up and wanting to take it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to go into the the issue of who should have taken it, who should have, yeah. because it is what it is. You know. I think if Robin's I'm a striker, clear that they, you know, it should have been Waghorn. I think, um, considering the next penalty, if he's on the pitch, I think Waghorn's got to take it. Apparently. If he's on the pitch at the time. Well, well, yeah. I mean, but having said that, you know, Matty Godden's probably going to be featuring yeah, well, in the second half. And yeah, then he's exactly. Our, he's our no, main Godden's man. No, yeah, Godden's absolutely. And then obviously, yeah. Sorry, Ken. Go. On. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm chatting too much about the starting lineup. So Ken or Glenn? No, I was just guys. about to ask you, Matt, before because yeah? I know you you were a big, big, um, well, criticism of Ben Chief. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I yes. Now, yes. you, I think he started the season brilliantly. I agree. He has... Okay, so vast improvement, yes. Yeah. And I'm never going to be that guy slagging a player off in the stadium, like, yeah. get off. The, no, because I want <laughs> them to do well, because I want them to... I want Kov to do well, obviously, right? Yes. A couple of times against Reading in the first half, there are a few times I was like, for fuck's yeah. sake, Chief, come yeah, on, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, I could see that. You're better than that. And that's why I think I'm, I get possibly a little bit more frustrated with him than Shipley, right? Yeah. Shipley plays for the badge. And I think that has, is what's carried him to the point where he's come to with Kov. Mm. So I know it's rooms with but sticking to the, the topic, I have yeah. almost like a higher expectation of Sheaf. To be on Arsenal's books for that long, you're yeah. clearly a very, very yeah. talented player. You've got a really good head on you as well. You know, you, he can clearly mm. read the game well. Maybe 
it could be that he's actually got a vision above our players and he's reading balls that our players aren't. Yeah, plus, and I he's mean, the he's anomaly. Not, yeah. He was highly but recommended second, by Arsene Wenger as well, weren't he? he sort of like yes. But, um, but to finish, to conclude my point, mate, sorry. Yeah. Um, second half, when he played a little bit deeper, phenomenal. Yeah. Deserved man of the match. Outstanding yeah. second half. Long may that continue. But the first half, a couple of questionable points. But yeah, he's vastly mm. improved. And um, I think he's going to continue improving. And with the confidence of, of, of the fans... Um, sticking by him, he's just going to come on leaps and bounds like we've seen with so many other players that Robbins has developed. Yeah, so he's only a young lad, so it could take a little bit longer than we all expected. And also last season, we're forgetting, right? He's just suddenly moved to Cov, new area for him. He was on, mm. wasn't he at Lone and at Doncaster before? That I could believe, take, yes, he yeah. was, yeah. Because yeah. look at Gus Hamer. Gus Hamer, I was reading um, that article, that, uh, that Dutch article about him. And yeah. obviously last season, you know, he went, he, he started phenomenally and then had that yeah. dip. And I'm, from reading the article, um, thanks, Glenn, and Google, Google translation, <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he, was, he, was, he was incredibly homesick. And because of COVID, he couldn't then have his parents over for Christmas and all that stuff and see his friends and family. Yeah. So we may be forgetting that you, you, Sheaf might have been experiencing a little bit of that and kind of acclimatising to his new situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. I, bring, I just want to bring Ben in because I think he wants to make a point. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I mean, not obviously not my place to uh, pick uh, the Coventry team for Saturday, but um, all I would say when you're discussing Martin Waghorn is uh, to just keep in mind he is a player who has uh, certainly scored a few against Rangers in the past. Um, certainly remember him uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, play, playing a starring role for Leicester some years ago when when they they beat uh, beat Rangers four uh, nil or four one I think, and uh, also scored a few goals for for Derby against us. So um, you know, horses for courses. On, I, I certainly wouldn't rule him out. But in answer to that, Ben, I also remember when Yakuba was banging in goals in the Premier League. Does anyone remember when he came to us? <laughs> well, yeah, you you can argue it either way, I suppose. <laughs> I want to bring I want to bring Glenn in. Um, what's your how how do you think what sort of team do you think will be fielding on Saturday in terms of strikers and formations etc. I think I think it's an interesting one because I think the Robins of last year would have probably matched QPR up and gone like for like mm-hmm. with the system. So gone three four two one. And stuck with Allen and O'Hare behind Vic. I've got a sneaky feeling the Robins of this year may play the two up top um, and kind of try and catch QPR out with that. Because I think QPR will probably expect Cough to play the similar system we played at Blackpool to some success um, with Allen and O'Hare behind Vic. And I, I just wonder maybe if he'll be tempted to give um to give Waggon a go um up front. Um and then obviously you've got the options of um Godden, uh, Jody Jones off the bench. I, I personally would take a point as a very good result. So I'd be more inclined to play it a bit safer and go Allen and O'Hare behind Vic and look at it if we keep ourselves in the game or within a goal of QPR, we've got the the cavalry on the bench to throw on. 
um, and cause some problems. But obviously, we don't want to do what we did there last season, which was the game was done and it was basically dead and buried within the first 20 minutes um, because yeah. we were absolutely abysmal and let them score after 90 odd well, seconds. And so, I yeah, think, we don't want that to happen. Yeah, I think that was a combination of QPR being very, very good and we were very, very poor. I think it's a bit of both. But yeah, I'm hopeful that uh, that will be the case. I think. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll move. We'll go on to like the predictions and how we think the game's going to go. We'll, I'll ask uh, each of you. Um, so have your think thinking caps on for that. My my bone predictions. I would be very happy with a point. One-one. Um, I think this is going to be our toughest game of the season. I think QPR, in my opinion, will be pushing for playoffs this season. That's my view. I think they've got an excellent team, and like Mark Robbins, I think Mark Wolverton is doing an excellent job there. So. Um, I think we're good enough. We can win. I'm not saying we can't win, but um, I'll be very happy for points. Um, what's what's your views? Uh, start with Matt. Um, I mean, yeah, QPR have had a good start, haven't they? They beat Borough, beat Hull, um, and drew Barnsley. So I'm going to go with my heart. Two one. <laughs> yeah, two one to Cov. We're going to go one nil down and come back two one. That. That'd be smashing, uh, you know, just like just like Reading in Ken. Yeah, I think I quite agree. I think I was optimistic, as you know me. I think I think we're going to win. Uh, I think we can can win. I did see their game against the highlights of the game against Barnsley. Now they were two 0 down against Barnsley, and they came back to draw two all. So, and I didn't rate Barnsley when we played Barnsley the other week. I didn't really rate Barnsley that much, to be fair. Of course, I thought we dominated the game against Barnsley, but yeah. they went two 0 up against them. So. I don't see any reason why we certainly can't. Uh, I'll be happy with the point, don't get me wrong, but uh, I think we can nick it. I really do, because we're mm. playing with confidence at the minute. I, lo- I love your optimism, optimism Ken. Uh, Glenn? <laughs> uh, I will probably I'll be happy with 1-1. Uh, I think if we win, we win at QPR, then I think that's a good marker and a statement of intent to teams around around us. Especially, I think, if we win at QPR, you'll probably see a more defensive approach from Middlesbrough, Cardiff, etc., when they come to us. Because they'll be, they'll be happy to get a point against us, um, yeah. given what we're on. Um, I almost see it as a bit... I don't want to use the word free hit. But given the fact we are probably ahead of the points tally that most people expect us to be on, we're way ahead of how, where we were last season. I think to get over eight points, um, it took us 10 games last year. I, I think it, it's a case of go and have a go at QPR and and try and cause them problems. I think if we sit and try and defend for 90 minutes against QPR, we, we're not a good enough side to do that. So we might as well yeah. go and also, have a go. Going our strengths are attacking, up. aren't they, Glenn? When we put yeah. our wing-backs further forward, that's when we control the game and look like we're going to win. If we yeah. sit back... We we just well we just look poor. Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, Davo against McCallum will be a very interesting interesting battle. Um, obviously, Faz against Charlie Austin will be will be a good battle. Um, I think Charlie Austin is probably one of the best strikers in the championship. Um, and if he stays fit for QPR all season, they will definitely be in and around the top oh. six. No no doubt on that. I think obviously the argument is if they lose Austin for a period of time is 
Lyndon Dyke's really good enough to do it for a consistently long period of time. But yeah, they are, they are probably one of the best teams in the championship over the last last twelve month, well, last twelve, well, not twelve months, but eight months or whatever it is. Um, they are probably one of the best teams. And but then we're since April, we're one of the best teams. So it, it should yeah. be a. It would be. It would not surprise me if if we had like a crazy two two or or three three game like we did um, like the champ the League One uh, title winning season where like Portsmouth and and uh, Oxford away. I could see it being like a, a goal fest because I don't think either side are brilliant defensively. No, I, I think Char- I agree with you, Charlie Austin. I think he's going to be a, a big danger for us because um, he's a pro- proven goal scorer, isn't he? And it's a tight little ground. Uh, UPR, so the fans are up on you straight away, aren't they? And it's uh, normally a great atmosphere down there. Yeah, and and Ben was a classic stadium. Yes, yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, it's it's uh, it's good to hear such confidence, um, and <laughs> and uh, you're, you're all kind of edging towards uh, saying Coventry can win. But I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I think they can win. Um, I, I think it is going to be a tight game. Uh, and uh, you know, and that, as as you said, I think is a mark of how um, how, how both teams have progressed really in, in the last uh, sort of uh, eight nine months. Um, it's uh, I, I'm I'm obviously going to err, err towards a home win, um, but I'm going to say two one. Uh, I, I think it will be close. Um, I think I think Rangers will nick it. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm certainly not going to say it, it couldn't go the other way. Um, and uh, and it's quite interesting to just hear, hearing the, the comments about Charlie Austin as well. Um, I think, uh, you know, his sort of performance, if you like, against Barnsley last week was, was classic Austin in that he, he ended up having to play 90 minutes, which doesn't really suit him fitness-wise. Um, he, he had a couple of sort of horrible shots off target didn't really do a great deal but then last minute of the game he, he pops up in the right place at the right time and, and and puts the ball in the net and that of course is what he's he's paid to do um and i think uh you know he, he can easily have a, a game like that again so uh i i think it's going to be good i i don't actually you know some of you may may uh differ with your recollections i don't actually remember many uh Kind of goal fests between between these two teams over the years. They they generally tended to be sort of three at, at most, I, I think. But um, going, going back a few, yeah, going back a few years, I remember Dion Dublin made his debut there. I think he drew two all. I think he scored on his debut. Dion Dublin down there. That was a few years ago, back in the nineties. Yeah, that's that that that's got to be going back away. I mean, if if we're going back to that period, I'm going to uh, dredge up the. Uh, Five-one game when uh, Bobby Gould resigned straight afterwards uh, in yeah. the toilets. Apparently, yeah. oh so. yes, yes, I remember the old the old Loftus Road. Yes, it's uh, yeah. I remember that. Yes, I certainly do. Oh, Bobby Gould, we never seen him again after that, which was a shame. No. I think that was five. We got beat five-one that day. I think it was something like that. Five-one it was. But e- equally, I've got to say, on the other side of the coin, I was uh, I was at the Brico Arena for the first game there, which was uh, very. One-sided, three-nil for for the home side, as I recall. So uh, that's right. Yeah, we've had, we, we have had a few goals, header, wasn't it? Klaus's diving header, wasn't it? And we had Adele Adebola starting for us as well with him up front. That's Sorry, correct, he was yeah. uh, he was a, more of an attacking midfielder, wasn't he? 
Um, guys, I was thinking a nice way to maybe conclude the call would be for uh, Ben to give a bit of insight of, uh, you know, for travelling fans, you know, closest tube station, parking around, if you have that to, if you happen to know that, Ben. Um, well, I, I could only say, I mean, uh, in terms of tube stations, you've got a few options. I mean, what White City is the closest. Um, that is about, uh, depends how fast you walk, I suppose. I was going to say it's about probably about a 10 minute walk, um, but allegedly 10 minutes, I'd say. Um, Straight roads, <laughs> past the football pitches. Yeah, that's that's the one, exactly. Um, Good and, local parks uh, around the stadium. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because that, that the landscape's changed a little bit on that front, uh, you know, because uh, some of the pubs that were there some years ago are not necessarily now. Um, but uh, I would say around Shepherd's Bush is 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 or Shepherd's Bush Green are certainly the best uh, best pubs uh, for pre-match and uh, parking. Yeah, not not usually a problem in, in the side roads at, at the weekend. So. Uh, um, and uh, and as uh, I think one of you said, very yeah, compact stadium, good atmosphere, mm. and uh, it's a tight behind a classic yeah. pillar, blocking your restri- restricting oh, well, your I, view like back in the day. Well, you, do you know what? Like they actually used to um, sell tickets that that were not only printed restricted or, or marked up as restricted view, which as you say usually meant you were behind a pillar. But I, I can recall one uh, occasion where they actually marked that they sold tickets that were marked diabolical view. Um, it actually said that on the ticket. Um, and uh, it, it really was. You, you, you sort of could see about half the pitch, I think it was. Uh, but, but, but they were about, I don't know, about three or four pounds or something, I think. So, you know, uh, you, you, you pays your money, you takes your choice, I guess. Um, just want to bring, just want to bring Glenn in. I think he wants that comment. Yeah, Ben. Um, just as a side note, there's been a few um, rumours going around on social media linking. Um, I think it's your right back. Is it Todd Kane? Possibly with Carve or Stoke. We're interested in him. Um, I just wondered if you'd heard anything or whether you what's your views on him as a player, just generally. Yeah, I mean, in- interesting question, Glenn. I, I have seen those. Uh, reports those rumors um i mean todd kane is is kind of a his potted history if you like is he he is completely frozen out at qpr um largely because of a very unwise interview that he gave to a um i i believe it was to to a fan's uh, podcast um or, or something similar last season when he uh made some comments about uh being about how he was a better player than um, his, his rivals for the position. Uh, it didn't go down very well. Um, there was also an incident where he, he ended up suspended for a number of games uh, for uh, uh, a, a, a verbals, let, let's say, an altercation with a Brentford player um, last season. So he, he is kind of completely out of the picture. He doesn't even have a squad number for this year. Um, so they are looking to offload him. That's no secret. As a player... What I would say is he can fit in to a wingback system, which obviously is what um, what you've got at the moment at, at Coventry. Um, I don't think he's a great defender. Um, his, his strength is undoubtedly going forward, using his pace, getting crosses into the box. 
Um, and uh, and he's not got a bad shot on him as well, uh, to, to be fair. But um, I would say, broadly, he's the sort of player who can operate fine in a wing-back system. If you're playing back four, I would say definitely not not a candidate as, as an out-and-out defender because he's he's not defensively strong enough. That's that that that's my opinion anyway. Thanks very much, Ben. Um, I think that pretty much concludes uh, the preview show for tonight. Um, but I wanted to bring Ken in because I think he wanted to have some word about um, bring some words about competition. Yes, uh, I've just thought to celebrate our um, new podcast. I've got a family ticket to give away for the Middlesbrough game on the 11th September. Um, it consists of two adults and two kids. Um, now all you have to do is like and share our podcast and comment the answer. Uh, and then the, uh, it will remain open. The, the, the winner will be announced on Monday, the, the 6th of September. So that's you'll have it till Sunday. Sunday the 5th will be the closing midnight, Sunday the 5th. And then we'll announce the winner on Monday the 6th because we have got no game, obviously, the following week of the international. Our next game will be against Middlesbrough on the 11th of September. Um, I'll say it's a family ticket, two adults, two kids. Uh, and we're going to try and do this on a regular basis. So it's a chance for a family to take, take uh, you know, two adults and two kids up, maybe, um, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a free freebie, really. So it's, um, it's a family ticket. So all I want to know, basically, we've been talking about uh, QPR and the question is against QPR. And uh, the answer uh, was um, in the podcast. Uh, I just want to know. Who scored when we played QPR back in 2005 at the Rico Arena? It was the first ever game. And who scored the opening goal? The first ever goal at the Rico Arena back in 2005. That's all I need to know. I'll say you just need to comment, uh, uh, like, share the podcast and make a comment. And then all the answers will be put together on all the platforms. We'll put them all together and we'll come up with a winner. And we'll announce the winner on Monday the 6th of September. So, again, the question is, who scored the first ever goal against QPR back in 2005 at the Rico Arena? Thanks very much, Ken. And um, I just want to thank everyone for your contributions tonight. Thanks to Matt. Thanks to Ken. Thanks to Glenn. And especially thanks uh, for Ben uh, for giving the QPR perspective. It's been a very, very interesting chat. And uh, many thanks for, for, your, for your contribution tonight. Um, well, I'm really, really hopeful we can get you know a positive result uh, on Saturday. Uh, but um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to our show. Um, play up Sky Blues, and uh, thank you for listening. Thank play you. up Sky Blues. Come on, boys. Yes, come on, City. We can do it. <laughs> okay, I've stopped it.